What's wrong with you people? Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast exploring the ins and outs of church revitalization, and we are grateful for our partners at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. And coming up soon in March 22 through the 24th, they have an exciting conference happening just for you. And it really is going to answer the question before the COVID-19 pandemic, all of that kind of stuff, we began to ask, what does ministry look like now? And that's what the Ministry Now Conference aims to answer. And so March 22 through 24, experienced ministry leaders from around the country are going to gather at Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas. And we want you to join us there in Fort Worth, March 22nd through the 24th. And you can learn more at swibbits.edu slash ministrynow2022. Kyle, it was kind of okay marginally okay to spend the last two weeks with yeah. you after having not seen you since our time in new mexico really i believe that was our last time really together we saw uh let's see we, we hung out a little bit in nashville at the sbc well yeah um and then for just a little bit in alpharetta before my infamous covid yeah, before you take COVID to the entire NAM <laughs> building or something. But but yeah, so it was good. We we spent yeah. last week in Flint, Texas, and then this yeah. week in Galveston, Texas. And I am back this morning because a, a a local there in Galveston, I asked him, what is a good time to leave Galveston and get through Houston? And he said, really, if you left any time between 5 a.m. tomorrow in 5 a.m. the next day, it's a terrible idea. Yeah. And so I thought to myself, self, would I rather waste this evening when I'm not going to be going down to the beach or anything like that anyway, yeah. or just go ahead and uh, waste tomorrow? And so I decided just to jump in the car. So I literally left through all of my stuff in the truck and I was on the road. I got in uh, at 10:18, and when wow. I left Galveston, my phone said 10:19, and so I made up an out uh, a minute. I actually would have made up much more, but there was a massive wreck in Farmersville, Texas. I was right to the finish line, and I was like, "No!" But I made it, and I'm glad to be home. And it was good to see you. You had a good turnout at your booth. It seemed like uh, really at both. I, I always saw people at your booth. I never really got to talk to you, which was a nice thing because you always had people that were there. And uh, so tell us about what you were highlighting and your your kind of co-booth person was highlighting while y'all were there. Yeah, so so I was the one of the NAM reps at both state conventions. And um, in Flint, um, I got to hang out with Clay Holcomb, who uh, lives just outside of St. Louis on the Illinois side, but he uh, he is the Ascend Network trainer for the South. So he, he, he works with... Uh, the, the folks at the uh, SBTC to train them. And they just, they, they announced a partnership church planning partnership with NAM. Uh at the BGCT. I was with Clay Holcomb, who is the, uh, he has, he has an official title. Essentially he's the sin network area representative for the Pacific Northwest. Uh, he lives in Portland. So Portland, Seattle, that area 
Uh, he's a Houston kid who finds himself in the Pacific Northwest and um, the BGCT and the uh, Northwest Baptist Convention have a, have a partnership. So it really made sense for him to yeah, be I was, there. I so. was going to say, did he just think, just sign me up for all the beach ones? Is that kind of like <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was the mentality there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there, there, there's a partnership between the, 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 that Texas state convention and the Northwest Baptist convention. And uh, so he, he had a lot of relationships just kind of through folks that he knew there. Um, and, and Matt, I checked my time last night. I landed in Lubbock at 10 15. So I literally, I landed about the same time that you did. And, 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 and that local who gave you the advice is exactly right. I have never not sat in traffic in Houston. That is one of my least favorite places to drive. Um, you know, we've, we've been through downtown Atlanta and, and I would rather drive through Atlanta than, than Houston, um, any day of the week. And uh, so I had my own travel adventures last night. You know, I, I like to, uh, typically an hour layover is not bad, right? You get off the plane, use the restroom, grab something to drink, and then you get to sit down for a little while before, you know, you start boarding. And uh, that was my plan. That was, that was the plan last night. So we land in, in Dallas at our scheduled time, and we are taxiing to the gate, and then we stop. And we sit out on the tarmac. And we sit there for about 10 minutes and finally the pilot comes on. He says, sorry, folks, the, the plane that's in our gate is uh, having a mechanical issue. And so we're waiting to hear if we're going to get moved or not. And so then we sit there. And then he comes on and he says, uh, well, folks, turns out we're not getting moved. They're just waiting on some paperwork and we'll be at the gate shortly. And then we sit there. And we sat on the tarmac for a good 20, 25 minutes. Now, keep in mind, I had 30 minutes from the time I was supposed to land till the time I was supposed to board, right? So get off um, at gate four. My boarding pass says I am to board at gate one for my flight to Lubbock. So uh, get off, run to the restroom really quickly, run to gate one. And as I, as I walk up to gate one at Dallas Love Field, the board says Tulsa. And I said to myself, self, I am not going to Tulsa. So uh, I had to pull up the app because the, the boarding pass hadn't updated. And in fact, my plane is not at gate one. It is at gate 18, which if you know anything about Dallas Love Field, it is just one long concourse. And uh, so, uh, Matt, I am not in very good shape. But last night I ran just as fast as I could from gate one to gate 18. One, one end of Love Field to the other end of Love Field. All I can picture right now is that gif of what was the little girl's name on Full House? The little one. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the Olsen twins. The yeah. Olsen um twins. Uh, Michelle she's like, and the she, she's like, wait for me. I have little I have legs. little legs. I'm yes. That was, Kyle that was absolutely it. <laughs> so so then I get to the gate and we're delayed by 10 minutes. And then we sit on the plane for 30 more waiting on people to get off of other planes. So I had time to grab a sandwich, but I did not know that at the time. So that was my travel adventures last night. It was, it was a lot still, of fun. And we still kind of got into our beds probably at the same time. Yeah, so, I was, I was in bed by around 11 o'clock or so, 1130. So awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, the last couple of weeks on the show, we've been talking about reaching out and reaching in. And we are coming into that season, of course, with holiday gatherings, the, you know, the Thanksgiving stuff, the Christmas stuff, Christmas cantatas, all of those kinds of things that offer all sorts of ways for us to have 
great community outreach and great kind of church inreach. And so we've talked about that over the last couple of weeks. And this week, we're going to talk about visitor follow-up and, and effective follow-up after some of these events. And I want to tell a story. When I first came to Mayhill Baptist Church, they had never really done anything for fall festival, you know, like the trunk or treats, the harvest festivals, all that kind of stuff for, for October 31st or thereabouts. And so I decided, self, again, since we're talking to ourself on this episode, uh, self, let's do a trunk or treat. And, you know, at the time, we didn't really have kids at the church, a, a whole lot of them. But I said, you know, this might be a good way to reach out. And so we did. And we had tons of kids descend upon the Mayhill Baptist Church parking lot for a wonderful time of candy and little carnival stuff, all, all of that. It was a wonderful outreach event. And uh, we did absolutely no follow up. We had no registration. We had nothing. We knew nobody that was there. Of course, they were all in masks and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, not not like the COVID nineteen mask that was before like the Halloween, uh, yeah. but the Halloween yeah. mask. Sorry, we got to differentiate that these days. <laughs> and uh, and so, so at the end, I'm like, you know, this was a great event, uh, but it could have been so much better if we had had a way to bring all of these people in and and have some form of a registration. Do you have a church home? Uh, you know, all of that kind of stuff to, to one, just to be able to gauge the effectiveness of our, you know, our whole event and everything, but also so we could follow up, get them involved in Sunday school and in church if they don't have uh, something. And so that was a change that we made in subsequent years. It was like, I was a, I, I'm a big idea guy. I don't always think of all of the details that, that kind of get to the big idea, idea. And so it's like, we're going to do trunk or treat. We'll figure everything out as we go. And so that was one of the things that we figured out as we went. And so the next year we did that, had a great response again, and many of those were able to come into the church. And so your events, all of these events that we do, especially around the holidays, can be a great chance for you to reach out, but it can also limit their effectiveness if you're not having some simple way to follow up and to pursue some of these, and certainly really only those that don't have a church home. You know, if this is somebody that's you know, in our case, we, we're First Baptist Farmersville. If we've got somebody showing up from Trinity Baptist Church, we might send them a note thanking them for coming, but we're not pursuing them to come into our church because they have a church home. But this is a great chance. You've got people from the community coming to your church or to your event or whatever to really get those names and get them involved. And you wrote an article just about that because we've had these trunk or treat things we have these christmas things coming up we've got all of this it's a great chance for you to have some measure of who is in the building or who is in your parking lot or whatever and you've got three ways to follow up with those who show up and the first one is simply a phone call a note or a personal visit because kyle is not a fan of reinventing the wheel Kyle knows what works. This is the first, this is the simplest of follow-up strategies. It's probably the most obvious default one. And talk to us about why that matters and why it's also very easy, but we just need to take some intentionality with it. Yeah, it's you're exactly right. It's not reinventing the wheel. It's simple, um, but it's something that I think often uh, is easy to drop the ball on because particularly around this time of year, you finish with fall festival, 
uh, or whatever you do around Halloween, if your church does anything. And then almost immediately you turn your attention toward holiday stuff because there, there's a lot of stuff that happens through the months of November and, and December. And it can be very easy to just simply neglect to, to reach out to folks that have shown up uh, to like events or um, to, to neglect folks that have shown up to for the first time to, to, to a service. And so um, these are very simple. They don't take a lot of time. And especially if you're dealing with a large event, like a, like a vacation Bible school, like a fall festival, something like that, um, employ volunteers. You, this, this does not have to all be on you as the pastor or your staff. To, to pull this off, right? So if you have, you know, after the after a fall festival, if you have a couple of hun- couple hundred families that, that you need to get in touch with, get some volunteers together and, and write, just write real quick notes. Thank you for coming. Uh, maybe throw some information in about, you know, if you're doing something at Thanksgiving or, or your Christmas Eve service or something like that. Um, and then, you know, maybe there are some folks that you had, like, that, you know, your folks had personal interactions with, you know, I would always have kind of those notes of, okay, I, you know, I remember visiting with this person in the parking lot, then maybe for that, you would go and do a phone call, or maybe even a, a personal visit to, to make a, a deeper personal connection there. As we tie this one into the next one, this is something, especially if you're a smaller church, that I think you can do as you're even setting up, like if you've got you know, three people that are out there, you know, setting up tables, you've got four people inside setting up chairs, you've got this person out here, whatever, you know, you've got all hands on deck. Ask maybe some of the kids or, you know, some of your teens or something like that to just go ahead and start writing thank you notes. Like you, you may not use them all, uh, but, but you already have a head start. And it's also mindful of this is why we're doing this. Thank you for coming. And, and then this leads into number two, an invitation to an upcoming event. If you already know that you've got a Advent series or you've got a, you know, a Christmas dinner for folks or you're doing something else during the Christmas holidays, especially during the fall one, then maybe go ahead and put that in with whatever you're giving those as they come in. Like here's an invitation to our church or here's an invitation to our Christmas special that's coming up. Uh, but number two was an invitation to an upcoming event. And like you said, November and December, uh, there's just so many opportunities co- to connect with folks. And, and this is one of the reasons I think this is so intentional is because a lot of times the fall festival tends to be default for those out there. Like we're, you know, it's for our people, obviously they're coming through, uh, but, but ultimately we're trying to get people from the community to come through our parking lot or through whatever it is that we're doing. And then sometimes like the choir special that's going to sing a Christmas, you know, deal or something like that. That's not really a community deal. Sometimes you can, uh, but normally it's the default, you know, that's for your people. And so this is a chance just to be mindful of a way to invite those community folks into your church for something that you're quote unquote doing for yourself. So Kyle, why does that matter? Yeah, it's. I think the reason that matters is that it gives you a chance for multiple contacts throughout the year, right? So if if I were to go back and pastor, and, and I were to say let's do let's focus on three events each year, it would be VBS, Fall Festival, and then something at Christmas, whether that's Christmas Eve or the Sunday night before Christmas or something like that, because th- those are typically times you're going to have good involvement from your community, right? And so. I would say you can tie those things in, right? So you have VBS, you you can, as you're following up from that, you can invite them to fall festival. 
as you're following up from that, you can invite them to Christmas Eve or Christmas service. And that those are typically times, like you said, where you'll have lots of folks in the community that would not normally come to the church on a Sunday morning. Um, and, and for the, each of the churches that I've served, like our fall festival, whatever we called it, that was typically the biggest event of the year. That was when we had the most touch points in in the community. And I think I shared on here, you know, the church that we're attending right now, we, we run somewhere in the, in the ballpark of 200 on a Sunday morning. Um, but um, for fall festival, we had 1400 people come through the parking lot. And um, I mean, pastor was blown away. So that's the biggest they've ever had. So th- those are, you have the opportunity to follow up and, and to provide more touch points for your folks to connect with with people and and as we've talked about before in in the holiday outreach episode the thanksgiving and christmas just give you opportunities i think because people are maybe searching asking questions more during those times and and you're just likely to see them at, at events fall festival christmas eve those kind of things um in a way in time they wouldn't normally come to church but they're searching th- this time of year and then number three uh should be one of those things that goes without saying, uh, but because we often forget, uh, let's remind one another, don't forget to share the gospel. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, without that component, uh, you you had trick-or-treat in your neighborhood. I mean, it just happened to be on the church parking lot. Uh, that yes, there were touch points. Yes, your people were loving on folks. They got to just come to the church, but if they don't ultimately hear the gospel and have a chance to respond to the gospel. You've really just had a good fun, you know, fun time. Like it was just, you know, nothing. And so it's something to remember with fall festivals and even with Christmas, I'm singing in first farmers bills, uh, Christmas choir, uh, on December 5th, if anybody's near Farmersville, you can see a, uh, ungodly tall guy next to a very short wife, uh, in the, uh, Farmersville, uh, uh, choir, but I'm also going to be preaching the the gospel presentation during that uh, deal. And uh, I don't know if Bart knows that. This might be the first time that he hears that. Surprise, Bart. Uh, I'm preaching for you that day. And uh, anyway, we have that coming up. But when we have these events, whether it is BBS, of course, we have the ABC songs. That's part of it. But with the fall festival, with some, you know, the Christmas things that we do, it's a great reminder that that's why we're here to share and to spread the gospel. So Kyle, tell us about not forgetting to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, so I would, I don't think there's a church out there that would say, no, we, we don't want to share the gospel at this event. I just think it gets neglected sometimes as we, in all the planning of everything. Right. Um, But, but here, here's the reality. We don't own the corner on um, fall festivals or trunk or treats. I mean, those those things happen from community organizations, probably all over your community, certainly if you're in a larger, larger city. Um, the thing that we, that we as the church have, have the corner on is eternal life. <laughs> we, we have that, we have that message and that's the thing that sets us apart. So don't, in, in all your planning, don't neglect this part. Um, you know, if, and maybe the easiest way to do a mass event, like a fall festival is just to include a tract and then follow up and and ask, hey, you know, did you have a chance to look over that that little a booklet that was that was put in your in your bag and train your people to walk through the gospel using whatever tool it is? So whether it's four spiritual laws or the three circles conversation guide or uh, or whatever, train your folks to to use that 
and to share the gospel as they as they do follow up. Uh, Christmas is very easy, right? I hope you're sharing the gospel at your Christmas Eve service. It's kind of the whole point of why Jesus came, right? So those are those are very easy and, and simple ways, and it doesn't have to be. You know, you're not talking necessarily a 30 minute message. Hey, we're going to get folks in our parking lot and then bam, we're going to hit them with a with a sermon. No, but if you can train your folks to do short gospel presentations and really all you're looking for there is open doors, folks that are that are asking some questions and and um, whom the Lord is working in their lives and they wouldn't have any context for what that looks like. Um, and. And that's just really, you know, in, on the mission field, I think folks call those persons of peace, right? You're looking for people whom God is moving, people who are who are open to um, to receiving, and then uh, becoming a contact point in their community. Yes, and another great outreach tool and a way to pass out the good news of Jesus is our book, "The People Walking in Darkness Have Seen a Great Light." It is on Amazon. We recently dropped the price. Uh, we're actually giving away a copy to all who come to the Colin Baptist Association Christmas luncheon. And uh, so we're grateful for the opportunity to have written that. And uh, maybe in the coming years, we can update that since we're now in different roles and perhaps even different stories that we can use to apply some of the truths that we share there. But it's a great, simple, short read. Anybody could probably pick up in a day and read it by that afternoon. It's not long, uh, but it is a very impactful uh, story of the good news of Jesus. And so we'll put a link for that in the show note, as well as this three tips for effective event follow-up in the show notes as well, though we've kind of walked through that pretty well on this show. And then Kyle, my final little bit is just a reminder that we have released another pastor's conference update. And uh, on that, we shared that Daniel Ritchie, a friend of the pod in Adam Greenway, uh, well, really a sponsor of the pod <laughs> are going to be some of our guest speakers uh, that are going to be preaching for us in Anaheim. And so Adam is going to be talking really about, well, in some measure of what we're doing here, just continuing to sharpen our tools as pastors and as preachers, uh, whether that's seminary or the school setting, but also just ongoing training and equipping and sharpening uh, your skills as a ministry leader. And then Daniel Ritchie, uh, who those that don't know, he does not have any arms, uh, but he is going to be talking about overcoming obstacles uh, in advancing the kingdom. And uh, so really having some uh, strong, timely words from those guys. And so we're excited about that. And uh, so without any further ado, Kyle, why don't you send us out? Thanks for being with us today. And until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. Thanks for joining us today at Not Another Baptist Podcast. We're also grateful for our sponsors, the Christian Standard Bible, who present the truth of God's Word with accuracy and clarity for today's readers, equipping them for lifelong discipleship. It's a Bible you can teach from with confidence and a Bible you can share with your neighbor hearing God's Word for the very first time. The CSB, accurate, readable, shareable. Visit csbible.com for more. What's wrong with you people?